I've got some great news for Football Nation Radio listeners. Our supportive partner, Northern Motor Group, is offering $250 off any in-stock vehicle this end of financial year. That's if you take delivery before the 30th of June. With eight big car brands, MG, Nissan, Kia, Isuzu Ute, Jeep, Ram, Samsung... Peugeot and Pacific Caravans, it's literally a one-stop shop for all your driving needs. Plus, with over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles, Northern Motor Group really does have your next vehicle purchase ready and waiting. Don't wait. Visit www.northernmotorgroup.com.au today. They're in Grimshaw Street, Bandura. And tell them George sent you. LMCT 6595. Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Yes, driving! What a hit from Melina Reyes! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick! Hello and welcome to another edition of Radio Dub here on FNR. And an interesting week of... Uh, MPL Victoria Women's Football and obviously the Nike FC Cup as well. Lucky enough to be joined. I'm Pekul Frimpong. I always forget to mention my name. Mm. This is weird. Maybe, is there like, is like, I don't know what it is. Why do I just keep forgetting my name? I just want people to assume. Cause <laughs> just I read, assume. I, no, it's just because I always just assume people to read like the description. Of the they episode. don't know who you are, why are they No, here, that's really. not what it is. Yeah. It's, it's more of a case of if you're not reading the description before a show, it feels a bit strange. You must imagine if you lived your life like that, you just click on things without reading what they're about. Yeah, it's, like, it's a bit strange. It's an adventure every well, time. Exactly. But that voice that you are hearing is uh, Oscar Rutherford, who joins me every week here on Radio Dub. Oscar, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm all right. That's good. All right. I'm surviving, getting through. It's getting That's cold, nice. isn't it? It's so bad. It's so cold. It's- I went outside and I like, I, when I because we're going to talk about the, one of the games we're going to talk about is the... Uh, Bulline Box Hill mm. Nike FC Cup game, which is probably a great place to start. But when I was walking from my car to the like the commentary box, because lucky enough, because when you're with Nick DeBarno, you get to get you get the the box. You don't have to stand outside in the cold like yeah. a peasant. Yeah. So um, like we did a couple yeah, like of weeks we ago. Did yeah, a couple of weeks ago for like four or five hours. Yeah, exactly. The whole day. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So. As I was walking, we I was both like, definitely wore long sleeves. Yeah. All right. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, but uh, I swear I thought that my water bottle was going to freeze over. It was so bad. Yeah. It was so, so bad at the Ven. But the Ven is a great venue. So it's football heritage, really, in Victoria. Huge. And it was uh, home to quarter final matchup between the FC Bullion Lions taking on uh, Box Hill. An interesting game. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun to commentate it. And. Uh, Oscar, were you surprised when you saw the result of the game? Was I surprised? Uh, no. No, I wouldn't say I was surprised. Berlin would have been favourites coming into the game. They're at home. They've got better players than Box Hill. That's just true. Uh, even though Box Hill have a couple of really outstanding individuals, Berlin have been winning a lot recently, as have Box Hill, to be fair. So there was good amount of hype coming into it. I mean, I just want to say how good midweek football is. It just, yeah, and it's nice, right? It's, it's it's the layers to the to the stories. They keep growing. It's very it's very enjoyable, and you just it's almost every night at the moment. Uh, no, so I'm I'm not surprised. Alani Anchevsky and Tiff Eliadis with the goals. That's a league quality that that Box Hill only have a couple of players who who can call themselves in that category, and uh, Belen. We've said it before and we'll say it again and it's it's uh it'll be hard for them not to succeed this season with the amount of good players that they have. I think it'll be 
a massive disappointment and uh, letdown of their quality if they aren't to win, if they don't win potentially the double. Obviously, it's a lot harder to win the double because they, they've got they next play South Melbourne on Monday, uh, which is a massive box office game. But as an individual, who, I was commentating that game with Nick, and I will say, obviously, they've got some A League quality players and A League players who were the ones to score those goals, but those goals were not A League. <laughs> Standard. Maybe they were. <laughs> Maybe they were because the dub is so so chaotic. But unfortunately for uh, for Box Hill, it was the goals were just a result of two goalkeeper. It was a result of goalkeeper error. It was Ava Walters was in goals on Tuesday. I forget what day of the game was. On. Tuesday, and she was replacing Camilleri, who had mm. been dropped after they lost seven 0 to Borondara on the weekend. But I, I will say. I thought the Box Hill actually started the stronger of the two teams. They were pressing really well and they were making it really difficult for Bulling to make it out of their own defensive half and they were struggling a lot and I thought maybe Box Hill would get, you know, an opportunity to score in the game and they needed to score first for them to really have a chance in that game because the moment the Bulling got ahead, it just felt really, really difficult. And the only reason Bulling were able to get back in the game was because Box Hill, unfortunately, much... With the joy of pressing is also the, the downside is that it's really difficult to maintain that for 90 minutes, let alone 45 minutes. And the moment they just let up a little bit, it gave Bulleen so much room and allowed the likes of Paige Joyce and Tiff Aliadis to just kind of dictate how the play and the game was going to go. I don't think Bulleen were sensational. I don't think they had to be, but... They probably also could have scored more goals because there are a lot of opportunities from Alana Janczewski also crossing the ball into Tiff Eliadis and either somebody was just a little bit offside or the ball was just a little bit too far forward. So it was a, an important win for Bulleen and something they needed to, to get. But I think it's probably Box Hill look at themselves and they're probably the more disappointed in the way in which they lost the game because they had certainly had their opportunities as well. They just couldn't maintain the the tact the tactic that they wanted to implore for the, the whole game. Well, it's five wins in a row across all competitions now for Berlin, so they're, they they keep on winning. I don't think either of us have been like blown away with how they've been getting their wins, uh, but I, I suppose there's some cliche in there about winning when you're not at your best, and, and Berlin keep finding ways to do that. Of course, they, they got the win over Effie Emerging on the weekend. That, again, was a tight game that they kind of just squeaked over the line with the, with the 2-1 win, but, but the, at the end of the day... And I mean, Alani Anchevsky scoring in that game as well. It looks like she's really finding her feet at the moment, Alani Anchevsky. And that's a scary proposition for the rest of the competition. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh my God. Wow, emergency. Pakua's dying. Just as I was about to speak about how good Alani Anchevsky is, I almost just died. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That was, that was so intense. I, I know she's good, but I didn't know she had that much of an oh, impact on you. She, she's, 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 like, she's, like, she takes your breath away. She really does because she is. Bulleen's best player. I don't know if you would have said that maybe at the start of the year or at the start of the season, but she's certainly shown that she's, I think she's scored seven goals in all competitions so far this season. I think she's only played seven or eight games. Uh, and she's just been, she just creates so much. When she's on the ball, If she's even if she's like halfway, I just, I'm, I'm scared that she's going to score. And that first goal that Bulleen did score was just her being bold enough to take a long range effort that was just, Miscontrolled by the goalkeeper and uh, got Bulleen to to where they needed to be. But I think Ilana Janczewski has been the standout player so far in the competition. 
obviously she hasn't been here the whole time, but she's just been so incredible. But a player who was incredible, Sophia Sakalas, she might be the best on-ball player in the co- entire competition. Okay. Every time she's on the ball, she her ability just to get herself out of tight spaces, she's so, like, cheeky in the way she plays. Like, she'll just try things that you wouldn't expect other players to try. And I think she might be the most impressive person to watch week in and week out. Obviously, her team haven't, you know, last couple of weeks haven't been great, but she's just so special. I wonder if we're seeing kind of the the benefits of the extended A-League women's season in the way that the players who, who played in that competition have been able to have more exposure and more consistent game time at the highest level. And that's allowed them to kind of find this level of, of consistency and regularity of game, which, which has meant that there's not the kind of stop-start thing which might have happened in the past. And that, that's benefited the quality of the MPLW as well because these players have slotted right back in, picked up where they left off and are playing at an incredibly high level. And Elani Anchevsky's the clearest example of that with the way she's going about things at the moment. Yeah, and uh, I, I can't wait to watch more of her. And, uh, you know, it's it's always, always nice to watch a player of her quality in the competition. But I think it's... This game probably helps us lead into talking about that massive game on the weekend, round 14 of the MPL Women's Competition, between Burundara and Box Hill. Sure. Which is probably the most surprising result, I think, of the whole season. Not the amount of goals in it, but the goals were all for Burundara, which heading into the weekend, I would not have expected. I, I think I was looking, thinking that game, I was like, oh, I think Box Hill might win that game. But to lose 7-0 is quite a devastating loss, I would say. I mean, I'm not sure I would agree that it's one of the most surprising. I agree it was a surprise. I'm not saying I expected Pundara to win 7-0 against Box Hill, but I, I think that it was reasonably foreseeable that, that this game would be chaotic and that it would be hell for leather, both teams throwing everything at the other. And if that, you know, the balance just weighs slightly in one direction, that can allow one of those teams to kind of just run over the top of their opposition. And that's what happened for Burundara. Uh, over the weekend. You, you mentioned it, it hasn't been a great week for Box Hill. I mean, the, the game against Berlin last night, or the, two nights ago, I think it was now, understandable. You, you recognise that sometimes those things happen. Although not easy off the back of conceding seven, uh, also at the Ven against Burundara. Look, that was that was some of the best of Burundara. That's what Burundara do. That's why they've been so enjoyable to watch and so successful this season. Korea Aquino is a freak, uh, scored another hat She's trick. so far ahead in the Golden Bee race. Like, I honestly think it's very difficult mm. for anybody to catch her, even if she stops scoring goals right now. Just the quality of her, of her finishing is, is something that is, you kind of, it isn't necessarily incredibly obvious the first time you see her play, but just week after week, she's nailing these finishes that aren't the hardest in the world, but they're low-quality chances in theory. And she just puts them in time after time after time. She's just extraordinary. I think it was her, her second goal, maybe, where she, she slides it past the goalkeeper and it's just this pinpoint accuracy moment where it bounces in off the post. She's just an extraordinary player. I think also a huge shout-out to Emily Sutcliffe, who I'm not sure if we saw Paku, has scored two unbelievable goals. Like, unbelievable goals. Like, goals of the weekend contenders, at least. The second goal is right up there with one of the goals of the season. From long range, looping attempt, which beats the goalkeeper. I mean, the second goal was assisted by a bit of a goalkeeping error. But yeah, it was, it was Berlin, in, I'm sorry, Burundara in full flight. Yeah. And uh, Box Hill 
were on the receiving end. Yeah, they certainly were. And I think it's what's been nice about Borondara is there's so many players that we didn't know about heading into this season that have stepped up and Sutcliffe is one of those. And it's it's kind of nice to, to see with Borondara particularly. Aquino is – she – I don't know if she's the most technically gifted of all the strikers in the competition, but she's certainly the most consistent that we have in the competition right now. And if it wasn't for her, I don't, I don't know if Borondara would be in the situation. But I also think that Borondara, they play a game style that allows every single player to be at their best. It, it, it It's a game style that is targeted towards what they are good at and not trying to – it doesn't focus on their weaknesses and it just – they continually play like that. They're always on. They're always trying to be on the front foot. And I would say that defensively is their weakness. But they don't play a game style that allows teams that much time and space to put them under a lot of pressure. And when they do, sometimes they are, you know, they're on the receiving end of, you know, some high-scoring games. But, you know, you take the wins and you take the three points and you keep up there on the near the top of the ladder. Well, Margot Rabine appears to be finding a bit more consistent game time over the last few weeks. And, and there's something to be said about the gloved menaces at Burundara. There's a trend going throughout the team. Margot Rabine wears the gloves often. Christina Hall wears the gloves often. We've seen Korea Aquino. Are you a gloves, gloves person, diff- Oscar? No, I'm not. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Me I, either. I've, I find it, like, not practical. I just find it... I, I don't... It looks... It looks kind of weird to me. In, on you? In the, no, well, just for, on anyone in, oh, the, wow. in the nicest way possible. You're giving fashion advice now. No, I'm not. I'm, I, well, you're right. It probably does sound like that. I shouldn't. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I, I'm merely saying that I think, I, I don't know. It's, it's a look. It's distinct. But I, they're becoming feared at the moment. If I'm, if I'm lining up with the pitch on the weekend and I see my opponents wearing gloves. You think they're in for... Well, I'm just, I'm going, well, they they know what they're talking about. They're the real deal. If, you, if you've got the confidence to, to pull off the gloves, I can only imagine what I don't you know do if anybody's ever pitch. said gloves are such a bold fashion statement, but clearly for you they are. It's, but it's, it's, no, it's striking how much it is a trend within the Burundara team. I'm, say, I'm saying there, there are three players who I've seen wear gloves on That's more than unity. one occasion. Maybe it is. Maybe the, I'm just, I'm just maybe suggesting it's maybe it's success. the secret. Yeah. I, I don't right, know right. what the gloves do, but... But Burundara are getting a lot of good results, and and the magic of the gloves. Correlation the is in causation, but also magic gloves. <laughs> magic. That's what I'm here to say. Fair enough. I think it's probably a good good place to transition onto the another other Nike FC Cup game that was on Tuesday night. That was a high scoring contest. Yeah. Uh, certainly end to end sort of stuff, and was between Calder. Colder, wow, Colder United. I was about to say Colder FC, and I was just like, "What's about to happen to me?" Colder United taking on Heidelberg United, and it ended up. What was the final score in that game, Oscar? Five two. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. The five two was deceiving because it wasn't five two. Like near the end of the game, it was only three two, and I think with Heidelberg trying to press, it just opened up for Colder a lot more, and it. The scoreline suggests that Colder were more dominant than I think they realistically were in that game. Yeah, look, that's probably fair. I, I think that the number of goals don't reflect the quality of attacking moves in the game either. Uh, you, you're right; it was it was two two with about fifteen minutes of normal time left, and and uh, I, mean, I mean to give it the rundown of the game, uh, Calder did open the scoring. Heidelberg hit back about fifteen minutes later. Calder went back in front two minutes after that, so it's two one at half time. Heidelberg get the equaliser off the back of a, a goalkeeping error, really. There's a long ball sent up. I, th- I think it was by Amir, but I'm not entirely sure. And it slips through. 
uh, Natasha Dak, not Natasha Dakic, Natalie Pichak's uh, fingers. I was going to say, I don't think Natasha Yeah, Dakic no, Natasha Dakic hasn't been moment. wearing the gloves, no. Uh, gee, that's the other part of the whole glove conversation. I mean, goalkeepers are wearing, I should leave it. I'll park let it, we'll move it on, we'll let man. the gloves what go. What the gloves ever do to you? So, so we had this 2-1 lead for Calder. Uh, two of the goals in that, in the, out of those three came from set pieces, uh, which tells you a bit about where we were at. And then there was the goalkeeping error, which allowed Keely Lockhart with her first touch off the bench to score the equaliser, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, and then right after uh, Lockhart's equaliser, uh, Katrina Nickpour made a late challenge and got a second yellow card. I'm talking literally a minute after Heidelberg have made it 2-2. And so Heidelberg go down to 10 immediately after equalising and then from there kind of felt inevitable that, that Calder would eventually get on top. But look, if, if we're looking at how the game played out as a whole, the majority of the game was spent with Heidelberg in possession, uh, usually in their own half or on the halfway line, and they weren't really able to generate much. Uh, it was It's tough against Calder. Calder now, particularly that they've got the likes of Alana Cern and Julius Sardo back. Uh, Alana Cern actually didn't play a huge role in this game in particular, but I just imagine that the team as a whole just feels a lot more comfortable. Yeah, if, when you, if when you walk Cern's into the dressing there. room and you see that Alana Cern's got to play, I just feel like you get like a 10% confidence boost yeah. in your in your side because she's just so good on the ball and just reading the game as well. And you can buy that with Natasha Dakic, who has had a really good season as well. Uh, and ultimately, Heidelberg's goals come from a set piece and from a goalkeeping error, which which is which reflects generously on them in terms of the quality of, of, of attacks that they created. As you mentioned, a couple of goals at the end. Kiwa Hieda is just extraordinary. She was incredible again. There were two really nice moves from Calder in the game that, that led to two of their goals. The opening goal came from the goalkeeper and then Alyssa Smith sends it out. And Kiwa Hieda just... The, the positional sense to know where to be to be the most dangerous and most effective. She went out there to the right along with Larry Walsh and they combined to get the goal. Really nice finish from, from Larissa Walsh as well to get that opening goal. But then also the goal that put Calder back in front to make it 3-2 was this wonderful, it was like semi-transitional, but there were this wonderful chain of passing from Calder that led to Kiwa Hieda being through on the right wing and then she sent it back inside where uh, I think it was Alexis Mitchell who made it three two? So he ate a central to most of what Calder did, and they were and they probably deserved the win in the end. Calder United because neither of these teams particularly want the ball, and Calder had less of the ball, which meant that the game went their way. And uh, yeah, in the end, the red card decisive. Calder run out five two winners. It is their competition, the Nike FC Cup. It really Cup. is, and I think they're going for a fifth straight trophy this year. They're going for a fifth straight. Trophy, and they certainly walk into their next matchup as the favourites, clear and away. They're either going to face either Casey Comets or Essendon Royals, which, if you look at the two semi final uh, teams you could have faced, they certainly got the easier run, you'd say, because it is a. Uh, they're just, a, yeah, it's, they're not facing another MPL side, which is handy and helpful. And I think Calder have certainly got better in recent weeks. And I like the role that Julia Sato has been playing. I think mm. she's been coming inside a lot more and they've been utilising her sometimes as a additional midfielder as well. I think that for me, thinking about that game, Heidelberg is, I did the Heidelberg-Bayside game on the weekend. Mm. And when you were speaking about Heidelberg struggling to get it out of their own half, it's the same thing they really struggled with against Bayside on the weekend as well. As a side that uh, they're trying to play out for, from the back, back and you can know that Jono Clemente is trying to get that, his side to use that system, 
they really struggle sometimes, especially if you put them under a little bit of pressure. I just don't think they have enough faith in their system at the moment to really execute it when the pressure is being applied to them. And it allowed Calder and it has allowed Bayside as well to exploit that and be on the front foot and get the better opportunities because if you're picking the ball up closer to the goal you need to score at, you know, it makes the chances a lot easier than having to travel the whole length of the field. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, you touched on a few things that I think we should talk about. I mean, I'm first of all, the remaining quarterfinal of the Nike FC Cup, that is tonight, Casey Comments and Essendon Royals at I'm just going to say, um, go Casey Comments as a proud resident of the South East. Go Casey Comments. Fair enough. You and, and Georgia Radjic on op- opposing sides of, of that. It's, it's the Pakua Georgia derby at Salandra tonight as Casey play Essendon. What is a big game for both of those clubs? Uh, 7.30pm tonight, Salandra Recreation Reserve. Get down, see see some quarterfinal action for, for a, a dream run in the cup for one of those teams. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the more of the more expected teams in, in South Calder and Berlin as the other quarterfinalists. Uh, yes, we've, we've mentioned the, the challenges that Heidelberg have faced, and you've linked that back to, to the weekend's game where they did lose 3-0 to Bayside. I mean, it says a, a bit about Heidelberg, but it also says a lot about Bayside, who who we've been increasingly Ugh. getting high on Pakua, this Bayside team, because they are they, they keep going up a level. They keep edging their way forward. They're inside the top four. They're level on points with South. They're three points off the top. It's warranted. Absolutely warranted. That game on the weekend against Heidelberg, I thought Bayside have been good. But when I remembered as I got to the ground that Kayla Diva's not going to be a part of the match they scored after getting the two yellows the week before, I was like, oh, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold off Heidelberg. Heidelberg are, are a competitive side. They'll make it difficult. They just went out there on the front foot from minute go. They was just minute, minute go, minute go, <laughs> minute go. That's the way we're going. The way minute go you know to minute stop. They yeah, were there. Sorry, my yeah. brain had two different things and just combined them so perfectly. Yeah. And uh, from the word minute no, one. No, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, all right, just, You sure. see how I've done that though? Yeah, I do. Thank you. Uh, I don't know why you always try to embarrass me when we record this podcast. It's like <laughs> I, I didn't embarrass you because you do that all yourself. No, but it's crazy that you, you said always, go. It's crazy how you just like go back to these things. It's just wow. <laughs> you think you, you do a podcast with somebody, you think they, they respect you and, you know, we just allow things mm, to be left? Yeah. Clearly not. I'd put my house on you, on you fixing it up from here on out. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was saying about... Uh, Bayside is that that midfield is that midfield composition is one of the best in the competition because I feel like they understand their roles so well. Meanwhile, Sasaki, I think she's certainly in the race for uh, the gold medal winner this year, particularly with ba- with her and Olivia Bomford. Bomford does a lot of the defensive work at times and will be will do some really nice touches as well. And her link-up play with Sasaki going forward is a creative player. They link up so well. And I just think that this team is balanced with uh, Sienna Fogarty at the back, who is underrated Mm. as a defender. I think she actually covers a lot of ground and reads the game really, really well in terms of recognising where the danger is and just shutting it down. I think they're just a balanced side that understand what they need to, what their playing style is and what they're good at. Yeah, well, it looks like they're benefiting from the fact that there's a core of that group which has been together for a few seasons now and they really look like it in the way that they they know what one another are doing and they know kind of what, what to expect from each other. And I think that's what makes Bayside's rise even more impressive is the fact that so much of it's done 
by players who were there last season and the season before, players who, who went through those really rough patches. And all of a sudden, it's all kind of come together, a few additions to kind of take them to that next level. Your shout for me was Sasaki in, in the gold medal race. If, if Bayside continue to perform at the level that they are, if they make finals or even further than that, then they are. Then Miwa Sasaki is absolutely right she up there. She scored a fantastic goal on the weekend. It was, mm. uh, it was assisted by Julia Budionga, who scored who scored two goals on the weekend. And I, I just, Bayside, they're, for me, at the moment, the most fun team to watch because you know exactly what you're going to get. It's going to be entertaining. They have players that understand their roles. I think the... The acquisitions of getting Sarah Johnston and also getting Isabella Fernandez in their squad have made them a lot better. Fernandez was playing as essentially as a fullback for Southern United at the start of the year, and now she's playing as a winger. Mm. I think she is better suited to that role, and she really has ultimately dominated her direct matchup in that Heidelberg game as well. And it's just a much more balanced front three. They got a lot of pace, but the they actually finally getting the ball to those players. Whereas last year when you watch them, if they were able to get on the ball, they really struggled to find it, to get it to Budiongo. A lot of their patterns were just send it long and just hope she runs onto it, which they did at times, but they're mixing it up with little intricate passes and actually having some patterns of play that they can repeat and get something out of. And I think that's the thing that's helped them a lot this year. Well, it's created a really interesting dynamic in the in the top four race going into the rest of the season. I mean, we spoke about Calder, who, with those uh, returns from the likes of Cern and Sado, uh, look to have balanced themselves a little bit more. But they still haven't blown, I don't think, either of us away with the way that they've been playing, but they are just picking up a few more results. Heidelberg's struggling a bit as well. So both of those teams, Calder and Heidelberg, currently outside the top four. And you've got Bayside, you've got Burundara in there, you've got South, who let's not forget how far they've come and they in had the space the of the week. season. They had the bye this week. South, whose performances the last few weeks haven't, impre- haven't been that good, I don't think. I just like the theory of what I think they're trying to do. And I think at their best, they are probably the best team in this competition. The question of whether they can execute that. And then you've got Berlin at the top, who, who again... The, the performances aren't there. It's just sometimes the sheer quality of individuals carries them it over It helps when you've got like, te- like eight... A-League women's players or who've at least, you know, worn an A-League women's shirt before. And I think I just want to go back to Box Hill really quickly. That loss to Burundara is a really really big blow to their finals ambitions because they were certainly on the march heading there and it looked like they were probably going to catch up. But they are now in a place where that big 7-0 loss has not only cost them a goal difference, but those points might be very costly in the end. Eight games left this season, eight rounds left this season, I should say. And really, almost every team in the comp, we, we, we've had really positive things Southern to United. say about it at some point. Now, you say that about Southern United. No, they got their point. They got the point well, on the weekend. Even with a red card. They got a point against... It's their second point of the season. Hey, it was against Alamein. It was at Salandra. They did it at home this time, the first one coming at Knox against FE Emerging. That early goal from, uh, I think it was Rachel Binning, makes the, makes the well, it doesn't make the difference, but it, it gets them the point. Huge result, huge result. Everyone in MPLW's having, having a turn. I'm happy. Southeast representation. Absolutely. It's through the Oscar. roof. Come on now. No, uh, Southern United, I, I think for Southern United, they're much like FV, where it's not necessarily about the results. It's just about getting your place to develop and find exactly who they are as footballers. And for me... 
I think they've got better as the year the year has got along. They're not. They were getting some bad results early on. They've certainly settled, and they're not getting beaten as comfortably. Maybe you know other teams are getting a lot of possession, but they're not getting sliced open every single time, which is nice to see. And I think it does a lot for the team's morale. And I think Alameda no easy you know easy side to to come up against and to get a point for uh, against them even with that red card is is very impressive. They're not Alameda, but they haven't. I haven't been at their best for no, a little while haven't. now. It's uh, you know they are that barometer team in MPLW who are always there and always at a, at a decent level and making it tough for you. But just looking back at their recent league fixtures, I mean they haven't won in the league since back in round seven, uh, and that was that against the- South Melbourne, South Melbourne yeah. uh, at the end of April. So we're verging on two months without a league win for Alamein. Uh, and and you look at some of those results. I mean I mean the draw with Southern the week before that the five 0 loss to Calder. It's uh, and the week before that, the three-all draw with Preston, which was which is a bit of a different situation. But they are they've just lost their way a little bit over the last few weeks. They I are think- heavily reliant on what Sydney Allen brings for them, uh, and she was very much involved in the goal on the weekend as well. But just a little bit of concern at the moment. Yeah, I think they're also missing the likes of Amy Jackson from last season yeah. as well. I think she settled that midfield and allowed it to be a little bit more calm and composed. And they're struggling sometimes to build play, and they just. They're not getting enough runs, uh, you know, out of uh, you know, out of their players, and even Elena Vatke as well. Mm. You know, she's not getting as involved as they would like. That interplay with her and Sydney Allen last season was a lot better. I, I don't know if it's maybe a case of everyone else is getting better and Alamein have kind of been a little bit stagnant yeah. in their in their progression as a as a club and their ability to attract you know that those high level players, but it's just. They're just kind of floating around in the middle of the pack, which is not really somewhere you'd like to be in this competition. And, I mean, it doesn't get any easier for them this coming weekend when they welcome Burundara to Dorothy Labour West. So that's a, that's a, that's another difficult game for Alamein to contend with and then Heidelberg the week after that. So it's 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 every week feels almost like a tough week at the moment in the competition, <laughs> which speaks to how, how exciting it is the way things have gone about. I mean... As much as Calder have been an excellent, excellent team for a long time at this level, I think that them falling off a little bit has really paved the way for a much more dynamic and, and entertaining competition. Other than that, on the weekend, the Friday night game was, we, we mentioned it before, Boleyn getting the 2-1 win against FV Emerging. So just continuing along their merry way, really FV Emerging and Southern United, the two sides propping up the league. And I mean, to wrap this up, Pakua, if we look ahead to, to what's to come this weekend, I mean, we're speaking about Southern, they, they, they go to Preston on, on, on Friday night and a big game at BT Connor Reserve, two teams. I mean, Southern, I think, will, will back themselves as potentially being able to grab a point from that game as well. I'm not... But I also think the Preston, uh, uh, they must be sick and tired of the way mm. their season has gone. I just don't think that anybody at Preston walked into this season thinking this is the way it's going to go, particularly when you're looking at Burundara and how comfortable... It ultimately was for Preston last year to win and get the promotion up into this competition. They were the they were considerably the better side mm. out of them and Burundara and Southern. And it's just a little bit it's disappointing to see how their season has gone, particularly with the acquisitions they've got as well. So I think obviously, as you said, as we mentioned, there are they are still in this race to make finals. They obviously are gonna need a lot of results to go their way as they head as we get closer to the end of the season. But at some point, it's got to turn around. Like, they can't keep just, you know, the results they keep getting. 
But, but here's the thing is the tightness of the competition. They've got a game in hand on most teams around them. If they win that game, which you'd expect them to do against Sunday United, even if I do fancy something as a sneaky chance of grabbing something from that game, all of a sudden Preston are up into seventh. They're still six points outside the top four, but that feels much more manageable for them. So that'll be that'll be interesting to observe. Uh, I'm calling the game on Saturday afternoon, oh, Alamein Burundara. I'm excited for that one. Uh, to Must see be nice, man. Burundara in the flesh again and see what they can present uh, against against Is that your club? Is that your team at the moment? Uh, apparently. That's what it feels like. I mean, at the start of the season, I was just all FV emerging and all of a sudden I haven't <laughs> seen FV emerging for a while. And I was just Burundara week after week. Uh, that game happening just before Bayside play FV emerging. So Bayside, they'll be heavy favourites to continue their good run. Then on the Sunday, Box Hill Heidelberg. Which is my game. Which is a game that you're calling I'm Pekua. looking forward to it because yeah. you, know how, you know how much I love watching Sophia's Carlos play football. Yes. And I want to see if Heidelberg can bounce back. So I'm intrigued for what that the weekend holds for me. Two sides currently just outside that top four bubble and looking to break back into it or back into it for Heidelberg for Box Hill to... Get back on the rails. Yeah, and it's also they were. that's another way, another reason why it was so important for Bayside to get the win over Heidelberg because they were fourth and fifth, and on, I believe, the same amount of points, or it was just maybe a point difference at the time. But uh, now that Bayside got that win on the weekend, just create a little bit of separation mm. between those two teams. Four points inside the top four, Bayside. It's very impressive. But like ultimately, because the weekend, all roads lead to the Veneto Club on a Monday night as Bulleen Lions play South Melbourne in what is a massive game uh, between two of the top three as we speak at the moment. Uh, huge. Huge. Oh, huge. I, what, what time is that game? That's an 8.15pm kickoff at the Veneto Club. I potentially could be there. Potentially. Or I'll be watching from home and enjoying, I believe Georgia Radic is calling I believe so, game, Georgia so. Radic and potentially Melissa Barbieri yes. as well on the call for that one. Yeah. Yes, so I would very much be making an effort to to get down to that one because it's 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 a huge occasion. Uh, South Melbourne coming fresh off the bye, Berlin top of the league. It's, it's, a, it's a game which has huge ramifications for who's going to finish on top. Uh, we'll see if Burundara and Bayside can apply some pressure before then. Did I just then. get confused the Nike FC Cup fixture with them and the league fixture with them? What do you mean by that, Pakua? Well, because I said I just said earlier, I think I just said earlier that they're playing on Monday in the Nike FC Cup, which is incorrect. It's the league that they're playing on Monday. Yeah, well, yeah. E- either way, whether it's the cup or the, yeah. or the league, in this case, it's a league. I I am licking my lips at the prospect of this game. Really? I am. You don't use some like Nivea to got some dry lips, Vaseline. Don't it's very that? cold, Pakua. The 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 lips they get very dry very quickly. I'm all about the Nivea. So, yeah? Yeah. 100%. Would you recommend it? Absolutely. I'm kind of in need of something like that yeah. at the moment. Okay, yeah, sure. Good, so I, I will pick up some Nivea on my way to the Veneto yes. Club for what will be a, a sensational yeah. night of football. Well, before we head off, Oscar, just quickly, Matilda's squad, provisional squad was announced, 29-player squad for the Women's World Cup. Quick thoughts. Give me – what were the th- first three things that you thought of and how are you feeling now after you've got a few days to think, adjust? Three things you want from me. Yeah, look, uh, well, I will say that when I, look, I'm there's no real surprises here, Pakua. I mean, I mean, this is possibly the most predictable uh, position that the Matilda squad has been in for a long time. Uh, so, no, no major surprises. Uh, you know, many of the players that we expected to see are indeed there. Uh, interesting to see who will be cut before the final squad is submitted. Not. Not sure how I feel about having players who have hardly played for the last six months featuring in the squad. I, I appreciate that there are cultural elements and, and, and there's more than just who's on the pitch to picking an effective World Cup squad. But uh, 
it, it feels particularly harsh when you consider the Mac, Holly McNamara, not being included. Yeah. And if nothing else, I mean, we're, we're huge fans of Holly McNamara here at Radio Dub. And, you know, not to... Not to go too hard too early, but she could be the most talented footballer of this generation of Australian footballers. Oh. She, she's, she's, genera- she's genuinely incredible as a player and I would love to have seen her just get the experience of being around this group and being in the situation. But then again, this is kind of the end of this cycle. So we'll give these players their chance to run into the sunset, hopefully wow. make some, some waves at the World Cup. I hope that, you know, when I'm sailing into the sunset, you won't be doing the speech because, wow, that was the felt... The felt in- it felt, felt long? Felt, no, it felt intense. But I like, I, I, I agree. I, uh, was, <laughs> I said, well, okay, so you simultaneously think I did a terrible job, but also you agree. All right, cool, no, no go right. on. No, I think, I think that your speech skills as a lawyer are so they're fantastic. <laughs> they're fantastic. No, but what I was going to say is I think that the only surprise for me was Holly McNamara, but I'm also not surprised at the very same time. No, I, I think, think right. it's a little bit disappointing that we're heading into a major tournament with players that are injured. I don't think that's... That sets you up for the best chance of winning. I think you need to have, uh, I believe it's 23 players ultimately in the squad. Mm. I think they all need to be foot, uh, fit and firing. Uh, but obviously some of those players are going to be able to be fit in time. But they also, the likes of Kaya Simon haven't played football all year. So yeah. that's you know interesting to see if she is in the squad. Does she get minutes or is she just taking up a spot on the bench? And then if we are doing that, was that a better alternative than someone like Holly McNamara who has played? Yeah. Um, but you know, I I await. I'm nervous about the plays that will be dropped because it's six plays, and I think if we take some plays who haven't seen the squad as of late, which plays who have been playing recently won't make it, and I'm a little bit nervous that uh, some people who haven't got the regular starts but have been in the squads will get cut, even though a lot of us know that they are quality players, and I mainly mean Alex Shidiak. I'm nervous yeah. to see if they take her in the tournament. Yeah. Uh, if they don't take her, I might cry in a corner. Yeah. So uh, I'll obviously support the Matildas. I look forward to watching them play and I hope they win the World Cup. But I am cautiously waiting for the 23 squad announcement, which I think comes out relatively soon, maybe on Tuesday, this next coming Tuesday. Imminently. Yeah, it's imminently. Nick DeBarno told me, but I've completely forgot. But Look, yeah, it's. I mean, all of these things I think are valid criticisms and are true, but it's kind of you know I think we're all no, as we say, no one's surprised. This is what we expected to see, and that's what we've got. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's probably a great place to leave it. Um, goodbye. I'll be calling. What game will we be calling on the weekend? Let's talk about this. Alamein Burundara, no, Saturday afternoon. I'm leaving the show. And yeah, I okay, cool. Alamein Burundara, Saturday afternoon at Dorothy Label West. Yes, and on Sunday I'll be calling Box Hill taking on Heidelberg. So tune in for that. And thanks for listening to another edition of Radio Dub and we'll be back for more next week. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polaris! I got more pies than the cops and a Dunkin' Donut shop. So now I got.